0: All right, folks, we're back. And it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios again today. Folks, this is your host. Who? It's Radio Strongman, Kim Wade, coming to you live from WYAB1039F. Well, folks, we're back. And guess what? Uh, uh, I know, I know. Uh, They voted in a new Speaker of the House. And uh, many of you guys, oh man, it's a rhino. They're all going to be rhinos. Folks, that's how it works. You're just getting different shades of gray. Uh, They're all going to be for more spending. They're all going to be against Trump. They're all going to be against America first. It doesn't make a difference at this point here. We slept at the switch and they got the upper hand and all we can do is do lateral moves in many cases. It is what it is. Uh, But I would just suggest humbly. So I might add prepare for the worst. Prepare for a pitched life or death battle in the very near future. Our government is failing us. It's going to continue to fail us. These people are just I mean, they're still in silverware and pickpocketing people on the Titanic after they've hit the iceberg. And what you're seeing are people who are being uh, approached and offered money. And they sense the uh, the lateness of the hour. And they said, well, I better get mine. Get me a bag for all this thing collapse. And that's what you're seeing. You know, the settlement with Fox News for that billion dollars. Folks, it was all planned. If you can take over America by throwing away a billion dollars in a bogus lawsuit to further the narrative that the election uh, was not stolen, that it was a legitimate election, and there was just a bunch of hysterics on the part of the losers, well, it's worth it. The lady who told the white uh, excuse me, the Capitol police to stand down essentially by not giving them instructions and orders to go in there and crack some heads. Uh, She bailed out. She's getting $35,000 a month. Now, for a black woman, baby, you can, baby, baby. I bet she got a room just full of wigs and weaves with that kind of money. Got a job. She moved from D.C. out to California, out to Berkeley. I think she's chief of police of the campus. She got some kind of cushy job. Then she got to keep her retirement. So she's she's living in Fat City. But again, everybody's got a price and this is what we're seeing. We're seeing America being slowly sold uh sold away and your liberties along with it, but it is what it is. This new speaker <coughs> anti-Trump didn't believe the election was stolen. Uh he supports the doing away with the electoral college. Uh all these different things, but again, folks, it's really not going to make a difference. There's so many things that could cascade down upon us and uh, basically tear up the fabric of our country's life forever and ever and ever. So my whole thing is, uh, that's why I didn't do any commentary on the speakership so much that oh uh, I'm worried about. No, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. Generally, the speaker has to be a Catholic for whatever reason. The last four or five ones we have, uh, if you notice, if you study the Supreme Court, after the Protestant majority was done away with, uh, and there was always Catholics on the Supreme Court, but after the Protestant majority was done away with, uh, you you have a a continuous majority of Catholics on the Supreme Court. Now, these aren't always practicing Catholics. Now, you got Alito, uh, Thomas, and uh, who was the other guy? There's a fourth one up there. Uh, Well, Kagan's a Catholic. And no, uh, OK, she's she's Jewish, I believe. Anyway, you got you're always going to have a majority. But now whether or not they vote, you know, you got the liberals. And, but when it comes to our liberties and freedoms, <coughs> they've got their they've got the numbers that they need to do whatever it's going to be. I, I just tell you the average American, be prepared to fight to the death for that which you hold dear. Now, some of you don't hold anything dear. I mean, you heard Snowball calling here yesterday with his hysterics. And foolishness. But at the end of the day, uh, America is still on a downward slope. Short of God stepping in or a catastrophic event. And when it does, when things do hit the fan and it's a jump ball, uh, everybody who has the will to fight need to fight and try to become king of the pile. Because that's the only thing that's going to give you the relief that you want. Because mercy is not going to be available to y'all. It is not. It's not on the agenda. But either way, uh, be ye ready. Our number, by the way, is uh, brought to you by the Complete Exteriors Roofing and Gutter. Uh, people there in Pearl, Mississippi. You can go to CompleteExteriorsMS.com and make an appointment or give them a call three two six twenty seven five five. 326 2755 601 Now, here's the deal. Uh, the new speaker is going to fund Ukraine. They're going to fund the uh, uh, war in Israel. The more I look at this this, this attack of uh, in Israel on o- October 7th, Bibi Netanyahu and Joe Biden were in the same position. Their reelection was not assured. Their loss in the next election would mean that they would be going to jail. Likely. They both had an interest in starting this war. I don't think either one of them realized what they have unleashed. Now, which brings me to the commentary yesterday from, uh, Mark, who brought in uh, Walter to the phone, and then, of course, Snowball weighed in, And just a glistening jewel of ignorance. Here's the deal, I would say, to Walter and to uh, Snowball. See, Snowball's upset, and you notice his hysterics. It's always he trying to wolf something down. It's these, always these black for a living folks trying to wolf folks down with all that bass in their voice like something's going to happen. Ain't nothing going to happen? other than wherever you at is going to be destroyed and a hellhole. But aside from that, nothing's going to, nothing's going down. But here's the deal. If all the people mentioned in Armageddon, who's going to come, all the countries that are going to come against Israel, comes against Israel. And Walter says that what happened in 1948 was not the reconstitution of Israel, uh, the reestablishment of Israel in his estimation. But if Armageddon players play out and they move as they say they would in scriptures and revelation. So what does that mean that God was wrong in 1948 or Walter was wrong in 2023? What would it mean? Because all the scriptures hang together, all the prophecies hang together. But Walter seems to believe in his mind that it has to meet his scrutiny and approval before he would sign off on it. But anyway, that's just something I was thinking about. Okay, so what if the all the elements of Armageddon is met when Iran and uh, the Magog and Gog and all these other folks gang up and attack Israel? Uh, what would it mean from a, a prophecy standpoint? And of course, we've got all these popcorn preachers out there and ones with one leg and some with no legs, jack legs, if you will. Uh, if they have thoughts, they're more than welcome to bring it to the fore, but... Just something I thought of. But now let's get back to the uh, uh, where we find ourselves here, folks. Uh, you see where the Hamas supporters in America, they're riding the streets of America in caravans with the Palestinian flag flying. So when things hit the fan, I'm just curious to know how all these uh, door kickers who work for the government, uh, rounding up J6 folks and all this kind of stuff, I'm just trying to figure out, uh, so what's the... What's the scenario they told you about if, I don't know, they start planning IEDs and malls and sports events and up and down the highways and school bus routes and things like that? So how are you going to protect, uh, I don't know, say your kids, for instance? How does that work? Because what I'm sensing and what I'm seeing, there's a whole lot of, I ain't think about that going on uh, with folks now when they realize man we don't let all these people in here everybody's got a gripe everybody's got an opportunity everybody's got a target so while we're tearing down the evil white man who's keeping the wheels on this crap wagon what happens if we get sucker punch punch from the back Here's the one consolation that I get is that knowing that the inevitable is going to happen in terms of America is going to be, we're going to get struck with some 9-11 type blows. It's probably going to be in secession, if not all at once. Uh, And these very people who got so much joy out of downing America, downing the white man, downing all that has gone on before them, I want to... I mean, I just want to be around to see the look on their face. When they realize that they don't, that there's no cavalry coming over the hill to save their sorry rear ends, who in many cases, most of them ain't worth saving anyway. You know, just human debris in terms of their contribution to society. I know we're all God's children, but you know, in every flower garden, there can be some dandelions. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's a rose. But here's the deal. So what are you going to do? When they decide to start targeting the grid because they're angry with happening over there in Israel and uh, they got to strike a blow for their brother. Because I told you they're under mandate from the Quran to wherever they find themselves. The Amen. Throw off the shackles of oppression. And now they're here in the belly of the beast. I was listening to Colonel McGregor. He was pointing out that we got just. We, we have about 400,000, 425,000, I believe is the number he quoted, of men and women in the uh, Army, not just the Army, the branch of the Army, you know, the branch of services of the Army, uh, active duty. And many of them, you know, they gay blades and, you know, confectionate booty bottom, bottoms and all that kind of crap, uh, woke. And uh, he said, you know, we don't even have enough, po- we don't have enough resources to fight a one-front war. And uh, his prediction is is that America and Israel could very well lose the next round. But again, I mean, everybody, you know, the Bible talks about everybody's doing what was right in their own eyes. Well, it looks like that's what we've done. Nobody's guarding the store. We'll be standing around with our finger in our rear end looking crazy. And nobody to come to save us. And you know who you're going to be depending on. That's why I like that. Tommy Sotomayor, (laughs) that clip, I I done played that thing at least 15 times because so much of it is so true about ends and people don't want to be around them. And they're going to see in short order why people don't want to be around them. Because when the means of production that feeds us is broken and there's no delivery trucks coming into some of these areas of the country, areas where Democrats are in control, Areas where people are wilding out and doing flash mobs and breaking into the stores. Those stores won't be restocked. And we've allowed ourselves, allowed the brand to get so tarnished. Nobody said, man, look, is it really worth going in there trying to save those people? The ones who were laughing and giggling at their role that they played in bringing America low. Well, America's low now where they wanted it. So now they can't eat. Uh, well, that's just just my assessment how how it's going to go down. But you may be more optimistic, and this is why i don't I don't play with uh, fools like Walter and, and Snowball. And if you notice what they were mad about, well, in the case of Walter, Walter was just disagreeing with Mark. But in the case of Snowball, he wants to go back to the flesh. He wants to go back to the black thing. Let me tell you something and I've gotten this text message several times, Uh, how you think you're going to get black folks to vote for you, bro? If that's the criteria that they want to vote for someone, I'm not their candidate anyway. I'm not missing anything. They're not missing anything. Go ahead on and vote the black thing. It's been working for 60 years. I I would just... uh, Invite you to ride to your old neighborhood count the number of vacant buildings abandoned buildings buildings that people just got the hell out of Dodge why because the content of the character of those people who reside in that neighborhood is not up to snuff for economic standards or development and this is what I was talking about a campaign that would be different just tell them the truth bro we need to change they don't want to hear that. They want to hear black talk. Black, 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 black. And can I ask you something? What color are you now? You, We've had Harvey Johnson. Have you did a little, what is it, vitiligo? Or do you still have reverse vitiligo like Uncle Ruckus? You people are nuts. You see things ain't working, and all you can think about is whether or not somebody trying to steal your blackness thou art a fool besides being crazy our number is 601-879-0002 we'll be right back all right folks we're back hey I want to remind you and thank you for those of you who've been contacting cork and door company you thinking about getting that uh, garage door put on your new home or a garage door replaced in your old home, Corkin' Door is a good place to start. 50 years experience, and they continue that commitment to you. That's right, folks. They have the commercial doors, residential doors, and they can put them in. They give you ideas on what you can do, type of materials you can use, the combination. These doors actually enhance the value and the curb appeal of your home. So don't just put up a door. Put up one that's going to make it stand out, accentuate all the other amenities that you have on that beautiful home that you have. So give them a call at 601-922-3667. Sissy and Chris will take good care of you. Go to the website, Cork and Door, C-O-R-K-E-R-N, door.com. All right, who do we have? Mobile Bob. And I'm corrected here. My lifeline Bobcat tells me that uh, – Mr. Uh, Emma, what is his name? Emma did not make the cut. So, what's going on, Mo Bill? Hey, man. What up? Hey, so uh, Snowball
1: says that uh, what there's nothing special about the Jews returning to Israel, or that wasn't returning. What do you
0: think? Well, he said that he would agree with Walter. Walter says that the establishment of Israel in 1948 does not meet his criteria of uh, scriptures as he understood it. So thus, those aren't the real Jews over there and that God is wasting his time <laughs> until he gives him further instructions.
1: <laughs> so what do you take to make those Jews over there real Jews? You know,
0: that they follow all the tradition, they praise the family back several generations. Kind of, I mean, kind of like the mafia. <laughs> I kind of like the mafia. Think, I think if you make a <laughs> sizable contribution to his church in cash, I think he can be persuaded. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, you know, I've heard that all black people are the real Jews, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, which portion of the black people are the real Jews? Cause you know, the there's never have been that many Jews in the history of the world. <laughs> so it can't be all black people. So which portion of the black people are the real Jews? Uh, you know, they never answer that question to me because you know, far more, a whole lot more black people than there are historical Jews. So which one of us aren't? Uh, yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> they, they are insane I just, you know, whatever yeah. Time wasted
1: Yeah, and of course, 1948 So uh, that sure looks like the establishment of a nation to me <laughs> And if you, you realize that never in the history of the world Has a nation uh, Been decimated And their people scattered uh, To that degree Come back together again That's never happened mm. Look at us, look at my Rose <laughs> they all claim they want to go back to Africa but they but they the doors wide open and they never do. So yeah. it's like, you know, you when you're scared it you stay that way and you don't cling to can't you don't hold on your culture too. Huh? And so the, for the these so called non the first Jewish people to have done that, it's a miracle in and of itself. We got my we we're almost two thousand years. Oh almost two thousand years. Yeah. There was no such thing. <laughs> As a nation of Israel, with, uh, but with, well, that was predominantly Jewish. And then in 1948, it comes back again? Dude, that's never happened. I don't say anything short of a miracle. Well. But, okay, whatever. You believe what you want to believe, I guess. Yeah, or don't believe, and in which case, I guess it'll be your problem with God when you see Him. So, uh-huh. okay. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you see that when I sent you what they about the, uh, black VLM guy who Finally got a clue that, hey, you know, the three those January 6th folks, that kind of ain't right.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the BLM guy came out. Was he supporting policy? Uh, 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 his position had changed on uh, Israel, right? Is that the one you're talking
1: about? That and, uh, the end of January 6th. Right. Uh, January 6th, uh, people who's been held without trial for from January 6th. That's right. He went to get, get a guy the credit, at least. Okay, thank you for saying there's something wrong with doing that. You know, you're, you're BLM guy, but you do see that the January 6th people are being mistreated. That puts you ahead of a lot of other folks mm-hmm. who don't seem to have, uh, moral fortitude to at least co-clean what's right, regardless whether you agree with the person or not. And then there was a knit lady, I think she's from the, uh, uh, the gives Dr. Turley video. It was later, he's from the New York Times or some liberal Jewish lady. Who was liberal? But she finally showed the light on Trump. If you looked at the video I sent you, watch that. If she saw a light on Trump, she like, "Yeah, uh, I kind of think rethinking all the things Trumps said and did. You know, all of a sudden I did because I didn't like him." She said, "I wanted to kill the message because I didn't like the message." Right. And you know that wall thing now really seems like a good idea. <laughs> Controlling immigration now. You know, especially we're letting a bunch of Muslims in now and uh, Arabs in now. That seemed like a, that was pretty, actually a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not uh, funding terrorists the way that Trump was. not that actually was a good idea, but I didn't want to hear, oh, you know, the Muslim ban, they called it the Muslim ban at that time. Right. It was actually a good idea, although, yeah, because I didn't like the messenger, I allowed myself not to hear the message. And there you go. It's great you woke up, lady. you used the word awaken. I just hope it's not too late. But if you awaken sooner, we could have done something about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like I said before, you know, the and it, I mean, it, it will be a tragic time when that time comes. But to see the look on these Yahoo's face when they realize that Trump was right, that what we were saying was right, not because we thought we were better. I mean, you, just, you can just read the tea leaves. There's historical precedent for what we anticipate would happen when you do stupid things that these people are doing. And so when they get done and these are the people who are most dependent on all these creature comforts, all the things that others have provided for them. They have so much creature comfort. They have the luxury of being upset about the creature comforts they had. I mean, they got the time to just nitpick the threading and the thread count on the sheets that they sleep. All this foolishness is going to come home and be made real and they're going to be upset. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to get a little satisfaction at the same time while we're all burning in hell because of
1: it yeah
2: really <laughs> That's all the
1: downside of it it's hard to enjoy it when when the country's still destroyed <laughs> and, and well uh you know it'd be nice to say I told you so but it's a bad thing is we saying I told you so while people's booters on our necks uh, you also saw a chuck where he had the gall the audacity to show the art talk about the autopsy of George floyd right that, he just that the cop didn't kill him. You know, you know we all jammed up that he the cop murdered him, but the cop didn't directly, they didn't murder him. You can say he was negligent, uh, uh, caused George Floyd to die, though that's not provable either. Hard to give out because of how he treated him. But the autopsy and the evidence showed the cop never did not murder George Floyd.
0: The autopsy showed that there was not the bursting of the blood vessels from pressure being on the neck and all that kind of stuff. George Floyd died the way he lived. He was a fentanyl head, and that's how he left here, high on fentanyl. Uh, But again, you thought uh, in a fair uh, jury system, that would have been enough for reasonable doubt. But again, because they had their uh, scalp that they wanted. And this is why I cannot roll with people, particularly black people who think that all this injustice is okay when it wasn't un, uh, okay when it was being done to us. I don't want it done to us. I don't want to do. I want, dude. I want to. I want to judge us and call balls and strikes. And leave well, that black
1: there. BLM guy. I mean, I you know, was talking. He was talking about the January 6th. and he. Just, like, it's at least okay to okay dude okay. You got integrity. You were led astray with this stuff because the premise that uh, that you were that BLM existed on was false. But at least you got some integrity to see, hey, no, this is not right how these people are being treated. I may not like Trump or them or whatever they stood for, but uh, this isn't right. That's the kind of person you can have a conversation with and talk to. That's the kind of person that talk We may disagree, but at least you you are you, ha- you are being you are honest. Like okay, as long as you are honest and accept some truth, we can roll. Mm-hmm. But when you like snowball
0: and hear some things, John, I got no more time for you. Well, and see, if, that, you have no integrity. And see, that's what Barbara Mike, you know, I'm beginning to believe he honestly doesn't understand what the problem is in terms of how he's seeing things and the fact that it would be a different thing if he was the uh, uh, manager of a whorehouse and he had those <laughs> kind of scruples. But he is out there proclaiming that he is a uh, uh, speaker of the gospel. And uh, whether he likes Trump or not, he should be willing to afford Trump. Well, this is not right. What they're doing to the man, uh, I don't like him. But at the end of the day, righteousness would make you say we're not going to do it like that. But he don't want to uphold that standard because he wants to cling to his flesh, and he doesn't see where the where the shortfall is there. But again, whatever at this point. Yeah,
1: take a look at that video I sent you yes, from Dr. Curley it talks about the BLM guy who's uh, you know told January six, and what that lady said. He goes in detail about her comment. You might actually want to read it. It was it was really good. I mean, it's unfortunate. Again, it's great great you, you got to see the light now. We just hope it ain't too late. But, okay, great. You're saying good things now. All Let's
0: right, man. Heave off. Thank you, brother. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back. And it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios again today. Also, I want to remind you, uh, Our good friends down at Mayo Auto Clinic. When you're looking for someone to give you good service on your automobile, reliable service, someone who's going to give you the straight skinny, that's why you hear our sponsors here. In this case, Mayo Auto Clinic. You heard of the Mayo Health Clinic. Well, they offer you that same great service with years of experience, and that's brought to bear on your uh, issue with your car. Others have not been able to find the problem. Well, troubleshooting is what they do, and they also specialize in Excuse me. That would be diesel, and a uh, uh, car, or truck diesel engine. So if you got a problem with those, take it on down there. Now they work on any uh, make or model, but again, you got a technician down there who just loves to work on diesel. So for cost effect, uh, cost effective repairs and maintenance, go to the best. Go to Mail Auto Clinic. They're located in Raymond, Mississippi, on Highway 18. They're open at seven. Better yet, just go to Mail Auto Clinic, MS. Dot com schedule your appointment and they'll get you on in there. If you had not been able to get any satisfaction, get the Mayo Mayo Auto Clinic. All right, folks. <clears throat> I want to play a quick clip here. This is from Jason Whitlock. This just kind of buttress what I was just saying about snowball and others, and the reason why. Ameri- Look, America is not just the snowballs of the world, but we just need to come to ourselves, shake off this foolishness, quit indulging all these knuckleheads and. Gearheads in their fantasies and delusions about the world as they see it. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. There's too much evidence that they don't by just standing and looking around where they stand. So listen to Jason Whitlock. He makes some good points here and uh, we may have to just pause it a minute when the commercial come up there. But other than that, it's about a 10 minute clip, Mr. Producer.
2: Welcome to fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Awesome show planned for you today. Uh, It's going to be old school. Delano Squire, Shamika Michelle, Steve Kim, all joining me on today's show. Uh, We're going to talk quite a bit about uh, Sean King and what's going on with him. Before I do that, I want to clear up some space and uh, talk about uh, one of our great sponsors, uh, Cozior. You've heard uh, bedding and apparel brands say they're the softest and most comfortable. two minutes. Well, do they promise that or do they deliver it at Cozy Earth? You're hooked for skip life. Ahead here. Start with Cozy Earth and enter the promo code Fearless at checkout for up to 40% off. All right, Sean King is a narrative Negro, he's not black, not even close. Check his birth certificate, check his childhood pictures. As a child, he looked like Opie Taylor, as an adult. He looks like the white man listed on his birth certificate. But what we've learned in the past 20 years is that blackness isn't a skin color. It's a narrative. Narrative Negroes are people, regardless of skin color, who who devote their lives and public personas to advancing the narrative that American blacks are perpetual victims of white supremacy. John King, the Black Lives Matter activist, is the narrative Negro of the past decade. No one has been more committed to the cause of black victimhood than King, the white, Snowball. elite asset who rose to national prominence standing on the coffins of Michael Brown and George Floyd. King's usefulness to the cause may be coming to an end, however. It appears his puppet masters might be done with him. His support of Palestinians and Hamas in their conflict with Israel has seemingly put him at odds with the very people responsible for his past fraudulence, misdeeds, and ascension. Over the weekend, King took credit for playing a role in the release of an American Jewish hostage, 17-year-old Natalie Ranan. Ranan's family released a statement denying any contact or relationship with King, writing, quote, <coughs> Our family does not and did not have anything to do with him, neither directly nor indirectly. Not to him and not to anything he claims to represent. In response, Sean King posted screenshots of directed messages between himself and Ranan's brother. Sean King is Frankenstein. He's a narrative Negro monster who now fashions himself as an international diplomat and activist. His job is to advance the narrative that black Americans are victims, not to involve himself in disputes between Israeli Jews and Arabs. King is done as a social media influencer. For the past 72 hours, he's been the subject of Twitter and Instagram memes trashing his reputation. It's now perfectly acceptable to point out that King's public persona is fraudulent. This is the inevitable fate of all narrative Negroes. They're discarded the moment they're no longer useful or foolishly deviate from the script they were handed. The exact same thing happened to Colin Kaepernick last month. A letter he wrote begging the New York Jets for a job magically became public. The letter exposed the fraudulence of Kaepernick's contention that the NFL is a slave plantation. Seven years after Kaepernick took a knee, black people are now no longer required to pretend the former 49ers quarterback is the second coming of Muhammad Ali. He's just another narrative Negro. No one has ever known who Kaepernick's father is. He was adopted and raised by a lovely white family. His biological mother was white. Kaepernick's blackness was contingent on his ability to paint black people as victims. Narrative Negroness is the ultimate cosplay for identity confused mixed race Americans. It's lucrative and reputation enhancing. Bubba Wallace juiced his NASCAR career by advancing the narrative. Remember, he faked that noose? Nicole Hannah Jones, aka Homegirl the Clown, won a Pulitzer Prize crafting the narrative with her 1619 project. Barack Obama, he won the White House. Jesse Smollett is one of the few African-Americans to bungle being a narrative Negro. His staged racial assault went too far. It was too far fetched. Smollett should have followed the, the lead of LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James is a narrative Negro. Remember, blackness isn't a skin color. It's a narrative. To qualify for authentic or unapologetic blackness, you must advance the narrative of perpetual black oppression. That's why LeBron James claimed unidentified white vandals painted the N-word on the gate of his Brentwood mansion. That's why Deion Sanders won his first game in Colorado and immediately claimed that his black skin threatened the white college football establishment. Surviving white oppression is a rite of passage to qualify as black in America. That's why virtually all black men pretend one of the most defining moments in their life was some sort of exaggerated negative encounter with a white police officer. The blackest experience in America is a negative engagement with white people. We cherish, remember, recount, and prioritize those moments above all others. It allows us to advance the narrative that our entire American experience is dependent on the kindness, affirmation, and love of white people. Narrative Blackness is the number one movie airing in America. We're all actors in that movie. We allow Sean King to wear blackface because he's such a talented actor. We erected statues and memorials to honor actor George Floyd. We pretend that had Floyd not overdosed on fentanyl, he would have been welcome at all of our Thanksgiving tables next month. We don't complain that black lesbians embezzled millions of dollars during the Black Lives Matter pandemic because it advanced the narrative. We're good with mush mouth lawyer Ben Crump earning millions of dollars profiting off the death of resisting criminals. The narrative of black victimization has superseded the story of Jesus Christ, the story of eternal victory through sacrifice. We'd rather be narrative Negroes than followers of Christ. The pursuit of unapologetic blackness is a mental illness that distorts truth, promotes delusion, and most embarrassingly, makes the pursuer susceptible to exploitation and emotional manipulation. Worse, it obstructs the pursuit of God and an understanding of his worldview. That's my fire starter. All right, folks. I
0: had to play that because this is what I want On folks who say, you're not going to, you don't want to appeal to black votes. No, I'm not going to appeal to black votes or white votes. If you want to do what's right, if you're interested in things working, I'm your Huckleberry. If you stuck on that crap there, Hoss, you can keep it. Because everywhere I look, where you folks preach that crap, it's hell holes, crap holes. You don't even want to live there. So no, we're not, not going to do anything that you suggest. Not in, not along those lines. Pound sand. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back in the final few minutes of the first hour of the Kim Wade Show. Coming up next, Dan Dickinson. He's the election commissioner running for re election in District 4. We'll be talking with him. But, folks, the bottom line, the reason I'm saying all this, folks, if we stand together and stand against the BS, and this is what I keep saying about the uh, race being an industry. And you got all these different players. You got guilt ridden whites. You got hustling blacks. You got people who aren't sincere about any progress. They just want to get paid. I understand all that I can appreciate it. They're not bad people. They're just people that we don't need to be letting lead the wagon train. And I want things to work. I want to be able to present some ideals that you can embrace. You'll know on the front end this is not, hey, you're going to get one of those brown bags you get at the fair when you're coming in or leaving out, one of those grab bags. No, you're going to know exactly what you're getting. And as I said before, I don't care what candidate for office there in jackson whether it be council or mayor or whatever if they can't tell you how it's going to get funded they're full of crap because everybody knows what the problem is we don't have the money to fund it and they don't have any intentions of make just like with the mayor if he had to save the million dollars that we're going to have to pay because they missed the uh, time to write the check and we're paying a penalty of almost a year that's money that could be saved just by doing the right thing in a timely fashion. If they're not willing to do those type of things, all they're doing is say, give me a job. Bro, I don't want the job. I want results. I don't want power. I want the influence that being able to be in that position to, do the Id- to implement the ideals that will make it lighter on all taxpayers, ratepayers, citizens, and voters. It's not rocket science. But if you're going to bow down at the altar of whiteness or blackness, we're screwed. And I'm telling you, forthright, if you come to me and say I'm not going to give what such and such a vote because of this, I'm not. Look, you're not you're not one of my voters anyway. Well, you're going to come up short, then I'll come up short. But I'm not going to ride your whore wagon just to be your friend. And you're on a rocket straight to hell. uh, I'll pass. But in the meantime, in between time, we're going to take the fight to him. So. Just stay tuned. We're going to be throwing these pearls of wisdom out there and how we can implement anything. Else. When Every time you ride the streets of Jackson and you see them uh, and trying to fix some holes and potholes and stuff, just remember, we don't have enough money to fix everything. And why aren't we trying to increase the amount of money that we have coming in rather than sitting around being mad? And if you notice about Snowball, who's representative of too many blacks, you got to spend a whole damn day arguing with them about their blackness. And that Negro's darker than, he's dark-skinned. Let's put it like that. So he ain't got to worry about his blackness wearing off in the next zillion years. We'll be right back.
1: Uh-uh.
0: We're back, and it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios. As you know, it is election season. Uh, you'll be going back to the polls on November seventh. So uh, we have a candidate here for the election commissioner's position. Uh, he's actually running for re-election. He's a, an incumbent in District Four there in Ma- here in Madison County. Uh, so we want you to welcome here to WYAB, Dan Dickinson. How you doing, Mr.
3: Dickinson? Pretty good, Kim. How about you?
0: Are all is well here with the strong man. and It's good to have you here in the studios. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about who is Dan Dickinson.
3: Well, Dan Dickinson is somebody who moved here 31 years ago. I've lived in uh, District 4 for 31 years. Same house, same place. Two of my three children were raised here, went to school here. Uh, everybody that, you know, Mississippi is full of very polite people. And when they set you tape, they'll say to you, uh, where are you from? And I'll say, Madison. Mm -hmm. And then they'll wait about 60 seconds or two minutes, and then they'll say, where are you really from? (laughs) 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 I'm really from Rochester, New York. Rochester. Rochester, which is kind (laughs) of interesting in terms of what I do, Mm -hmm. because every town has famous people. Rochester has two, and one who isn't known at all but should be famous. One is Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Frederick Douglass was the greatest civil rights leader before Martin Luther King. And he, more than anybody else except Abraham Lincoln, was responsible for getting African Americans the vote. The second famous Rochesterian, who is actually buried about uh, 60 yards away from Frederick Douglass, is Susan B. Anthony. Mm. Susan B. Anthony <coughs> is the person more responsible than anybody else for getting women the vote. Mm. And the third one is somebody nobody would recognize his name. His name is Francis Bellamy, but everybody recognizes what he did. He wrote, he wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, All three of these people were Republicans, and they were all people who were very interested about having the vote and making sure that the vote was protected, that it was fair, that it was honest, that it reflected the will of the people.
0: I did not know those uh, uh, bits of information there. That's that's interesting. Okay, we're talking with Dan Dickerson. He is the election commissioner incumbent in District 4. He's uh, been there for four years. So... uh, First of all, what is the Election Commission, just, and what does it do?
3: Well, this is, it, 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 I'm out doing knocking on doors, and when I, somebody comes to the door and I say I'm running for re-election to Election Commission, about 60 percent of the time, maybe 70, I get a total blank look because people have no idea there's even, there even is an Election Commission. Right. Which is kind of good because if people know there's an Election Commission, and I think in Hines probably more people know it than in Madison County, that's not necessarily a good thing. But what the Election Commission is is probably the most important office that people haven't heard of. We're the people that run the elections. We qualify the equipment and pick it. We train the poll workers, make sure that they're properly compensated, make sure that they're properly motivated, that we put the right people in the polls. Uh, We run the election, deliver the machines, pick them up. At the end, we calculate the results, Uh, decide about affidavit ballots, things like that. And we're the people that certify the election. Uh, when the presidential election takes next, place next year, whether it's Trump, Biden, DeSantis, or whoever's on the ballot, we're the people that will be signing on the dotted line as to who carried Madison County. The most, one of the most important things we do is we clean the election rolls. And this is an area where we've made a lot of progress. Uh, Madison County, about 20% of the people move every year. It's hard to keep track of them. Very few people when a relative passes away or when they decide they're going to move to Dallas, write the election commission about this. Uh, we've got to find out where they went we've tried to get got to try to get them to tell us that they've moved so we can purge them from the role if they've deceased, we've got to find an obituary certificate of death. That role management is important so that you only have qualified voters on your election roll
0: why uh Why can't we have motor voter for <laughs> deaf people? Dead people, I mean, you know, when they die, the doctor's got to, he's sending forms off to everybody else. To, yeah,
3: that, that would be, Kim, I would, <laughs> I would love that. And, we, and more should be done by the government. Mm-hmm. We do get from the State Department of Health death certificates, and they may show up two or three months after the person has been deceased, but at least they come in. And then we have to, you know, feed them into the state election management system, purge the voter. Well, But I, mean, but I want to I, emphasize, we're yeah. very careful. We don't, we don't purge anybody unless we have the proof. We don't want to clutch anybody to lose their vote because we made a mistake.
0: Well, that seems like an area that needs to be addressed in terms yeah. of uh, once you get that from the uh, medical direct, wherever it comes from. matter of fact, everybody should, if they can make it that easy to get signed up, they can make it that easy to get off the roll once you're actually dead. Yeah. Of course, in the case of certain people, you know, they... Yeah. You know, they cherish the right to vote all the way until the time they're burning in hell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah. a, that's my... So so, what point. Is, so so what is the role of the commission? Is it a partisan role, nonpartisan role?
3: Yeah, th- this is important, and it's kind of odd because we are elected officials in Mississippi. That's not true in every state. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. And we run as party candidates. I happen to be a Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, we have four Republicans on the commission and one Democrat. But once you're elected... Republican, Democrat is all over, at least if you're doing your job. We treat all candidates the same. We do not endorse any candidate, support any candidate, oppose any candidate. We treat all people the same. We, we, we really try to treasure everybody's vote. You know, after I'd served about a year or so, Anita Ray, who is the circuit clerk and the person outside the commission we, most, we uh, work with most closely, said to me, you know, I don't really think of you as a Republican. Now, she knows darn well I'm a Republican. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. But what she, she really meant it as a compliment that I'm not just sitting there saying, is this going to help my side hurt the other side? I'm trying to make sure that everybody feels that we're fair, that we're honest, that we're independent. We're looking out for everybody's vote.
0: Hmm. Statesman there. Okay. Well, uh, how did you get involved with the uh, Election Commission? You're desire to be on the commission running (laughs) what is your background
3: well my background is i've spent uh, something like 30 years in quality and safety i was a a corporate director of quality for a large packaging company that's headquartered here in mississippi we had 20 20 plants when i was there Mm -hmm. all over north america all kinds of different people working in them two of them were french speaking uh so and 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 when you're dealing with quality attention to details making sure that people are motivated to do the job right. All these things really play a big role. I've also been involved in politics. I Mm -hmm. I walked into, uh, when I was 13 years old in upstate New York, I walked into a trailer that was promoting Barry Goldwater for president. Uh, I've uh, been a poll manager. I've been a poll watcher. I've run campaigns. I've been involved in politics. Uh, So those two came together. As far as how I got involved in this, we had in our district somebody who had been in office for something like 30 years. Uh, we didn't feel that she was doing the job very effectively. Uh, no Republican had ever won the district in the fourth seat. I was part of a group that were trying to find a candidate. Mm-hmm. And we, nobody wanted to run for election commissioner, and believe me, now I understand that to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't find anybody. And I was sitting with my wife Kelly on the porch— and it was Saturday night. The, the deadline for filing was Monday at, uh, Monday at noon. Mm-hmm. We had to have 50, 50 certified signatures. <clears throat> and she looked at me and said, you know you're going to have to do this. I said, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> but she said, don't worry, you won't win. <laughs> All that confidence there. She said, I didn't just meet you. I didn't just meet you. <laughs> but uh, w- we got the signatures, obviously, and here I am.
0: Okay, okay, well, that's uh interesting, so the Madison County Election Commission it's, I mean it's pretty much cookie cutter across the across the- uh, across the state, or you guys do things differently or you feel like you're accomplishing anything over there?
3: well it, it, you ask an interesting question. Mississippi's election system is a bottom-up system. We actually have eighty three county elections, not one statewide election, mm-hmm. and then we funnel those results to the the Secretary of State. So even though there's five commissioners in every county, there is some variation in how they do it, some variation in how they're effective. In terms of, of my campaign, in terms of what I wanted to do, I was also elected at the same time with Lauren Payne, 2nd District, who's done a wonderful job. Uh, we wanted to focus on three things. One, cleaning up the election rolls. For something like 30 years before I was elected, mm-hmm. we had more registered voters in, count- in Madison County than we had adult citizens. That is not a good thing. That is not what you want. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right for, for potential for us. Yeah. Right for potential. So we wanted to get that cleaned up. Uh, second, our technology was very out of date. The lines were long. Mistakes were being made. Things weren't getting back to Election Central. We wanted to do something about that, too. And third, we wanted to improve the training of our poll managers, but also their pay. Mm-hmm. It's a 14-hour day sometimes more than 14 hours. You don't even get a break, you know, go home for lunch. And we were paying them $125 for that. Not particularly particularly good. Uh, since we've been in office, and this is the work of the whole commission, not just me, we've, <coughs> for the first time in 30 years, gotten below that. Uh, we now have more registered citizens than we have voters. There's mm-hmm. still room for improvement, but we've knocked it down. It's the best in a generation. New technology, we've put these new electronic tablets into the polls, Voters see them. Poll workers love them. Voters love them. They can come in, easily find their name, scan their driver's license, sign in, and it's very much speeded up the process. You know, voters are, when I knock on people's door, I ask, how are we doing? And they say, the lines are a lot shorter. Why is that? It's because of the tablets. Tablets also improve the voter security. In the old days, you came in and signed a a poll book with your signature. And sometimes that book got back to election central, and and sometimes it didn't. And so when there was an election challenge, you looked at it and said, well, you know, now we capture it on the tablet, and we can pull it up very, very rapidly and compare it to the original signature. So it makes it better, too. Uh, We have improved poll worker training a lot. I think all of our poll workers will tell you that. And the pay has now gone up in part because of our association, also the legislature and, you know, the supervisors, mm-hmm. has gone up from 125 to 200. And that's helping us recruit new people, which is something we, and young people, okay. which is something we were lacking.
0: All right. Well, how can uh, people, if they're interested in becoming a poll worker, or is that something you're going to get to? Uh, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's take a quick break here. Then you can answer that question come back. We can go sure. into what poll workers do. Okay. All right, folks, we have the man himself, incumbent, uh, District 4 Election Commissioner Dan Dickerson, very conscientious, very concerned about the proper uh, uh, election uh, procedures being in place, making sure everybody's, uh, you have a spirit of excellence about you, uh, Dan, and I appreciate that. Oh, thanks. And uh, I think the people of Madison County would do well to reelect you because, folks, it is a very important position, and when you get some folks down there who just Looking for a job, looking for the next step up to another office, that can be problematic. I think we've had that a little bit there in Hines County, and that's been one of my concerns. Speaking of that, uh, well, I'll tell you that on another break. (laughs) uh, Also, I want to mention Two Gun Tactical, located at Highway 51 in Lake Harbor, the new location. Not ready to move in just yet, but they're getting there. We encourage you to stop at the original at 667 Casey Lane. In Flowood, Mississippi, near the Highway 80 end of Flowood. And uh, folks, go to the shooting range. It's only $30 for an hour, $15 for your partner. And uh, that's a lot of shooting. That's a lot of ammo you're going to go through. And you can buy all the ammo you need from Two-Gun Tactical. You can schedule your coursework, twoguntactical.com. Ladies, they have special courses just for you to familiarize you with all the weapons that you may own or you want to own. You can try out some on the wall there that they have for rent. And again, a great time will be had by all. But be ye prepared. You get that 13th Apostle in your purse, in your gun uh, uh, holster, and wherever you might carry it. But Two Gun Tactical stands at the ready to help you today. All right, let's get back to Dan. Dan, the election man. He's here in the studios with us. All right, uh, we're asking uh, poll workers. You're talking about they're going to get paid $200 for a day's work. People might be their ears may have perked up on that. So how can they become a poll worker? And what is the? I mean, what you can tell what a poll worker will be doing.
3: Yeah. I, I, first, you, you if you are going to get paid two hundred dollars, but you're going to earn it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poll working is 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 a long day. It can be a satisfying day, but it takes a lot of detail too. Right. Uh, basically, you're going first. You got to be <laughs> trained. If you're not trained, we can't put you on polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do pay for the training, but frankly, it's a pittance. Uh, Then you have to show up at 6 o'clock in the morning, which in November is pretty dark. You set up until 7. You run the poll from 7 to 7 or until the last voter in line has voted. And then you pack up, calculate the results, Mm -hmm. do a variety of deals, and then you might, might get to go home at 8 o'clock, but sometimes it's later than that, so it's a long day. How do you become a poll worker? If that level of work sounds interesting to you. Basically, it's best to contact the election commission. Uh, you can call us. Uh, we basically work 16 to 20 hours a week. Is about what we, what we work. Uh, so if, if we're not there, leave a message. We will get back to you. Uh, some people can turn their names into the circuit clerk's office. That's another way we get names. There's a website that the secretary of state has that supplies names as well. I will tell you, for this election, we're not for once we're not struggling to try to get poll workers. Wow, we've got poll workers. And uh, I don't know, unless, unless some, some drop out, we probably wouldn't have any place for somebody that wanted to be recruited right now. Mm-hmm. But the primary is coming up in March. Uh, you know, something I want to say about poll workers, these people, they're a blessing. Uh, they work hard <coughs> despite it. They, they, they always have a smile on their face. There's a lot of detail involved. Most of the people that they the voters that come in are, are, are fine. But every once in a while, there's someone that does not behave himself and comport himself as properly as he or she should. Mm. They have to deal with that sometimes. And yeah, they're carrying us. They're carrying the commission and they're doing a tremendous service to the to the voters.
0: Hmm. All right. We have uh, our numbers, eight seven nine zero 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 two complete exteriors hotline. We have Carol on the line. Hey, Carol. Carol, how you doing?
1: I'm fine. I wanna ask the candidate.
3: Yes. Does Go ahead. Madison County have the flash drive problem that Hines County obviously had? No. That's my short answer for that. Hmm. Why is that?
1: Do y'all use flash drives? Pardon? Do you all use Go ahead and flash drives?
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead, ma'am, and explain what that is. I, I, I thought I thought you Heart were drives. Talk- thumb drives. Yeah. We, first, we do use drum drives. Dude. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. But the way it works is, the scanner comes in to the pole, and it is under lock and key. When the pole wor- when the pole workers come in. They'll find that that scanner, that that the, uh, the, the thumb drive is locked down, there's a seal across it, and that seal stays across it until the end of the day or unless there is some big failure with the machine, in which case the election commissioner and the technician both have to be there to observe what happens to that flash drive. Then it goes directly back to the circuit clerk's office, and it's put under lock and key.
1: Kim, you know why I asked him that question, Kim. Right, So I'll hang up and listen to y'all's
0: response. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And see, folks, that's the reason why uh, I appreciate his conscientiousness uh, about the task of being an election commissioner. Right. The people who abuse through... just failure to take their job serious as an election worker or whatever, you're harming the country.
3: Absolutely. And
0: it's their failure to grasp the the gravity of the position that is of concern to me. What happened in Hines County, this is just not an issue between Jackie Amos and and, uh, David L. Archie. This is about the integrity of our vote. And you guys want to throw people in jail because they question folks who are supposedly doing their job or not doing their job. Uh, I, I tip the hat to you for your approach to it, and I hope you can influence those who you train and those who may come after you.
3: Something that's important for people, it, it, this really frustrated me. We had a lot of problems with the election in 2020, as all your listeners are aware. And you have people saying, and they're still saying, our elections are perfect. Everything is just great. We, there, there, there's you know, no problems with our elections. Well, well folks, if that's really true, mm. they ought to make every election commissioner in the United States run just about everything. Because throughout our society we have problems. I'm a quality person. I spent 30 years in quality. Mm. There is no such thing as zero defects. There is no such thing as an election system that's fraud proof. Some are better than others. But it all depends ultimately on the discipline and motivation of the people running the systems.
0: Well, just just from your inside baseball knowledge from having been there for four years. Right. It just seems to me, as a layman, there's just too many opportunities, unnecessary opportunities for interference with the process. Right. Uh, whether it's the chain of command with the tape or yep. uh, over the machines, uh, yada, yada, yada. There's just too much technology out there to get it right. That's right. And I don't understand why we're using this outdated technology.
3: Well, you know, I mean, we've looked at a lot of systems. Uh, We use ESS. I certainly would rather have ESS than Dominion, for example. I don't care for the touch screen technologies. Our systems do have a paper ballot (coughs) that backs every vote. And that's essential because in a voter challenge, the paper ballot will uh, trump what's on the flash drive. And that's the way it it should be. The
0: the only problem that I have, just again, my experience is limited is that a paper ballot can be created. I mean, mm-hmm. in other words, if you got a stack of them over there and they know I'm going to need to put an extra 20 in here at the end of the day or I've already put 20 on the images, I just need to have 20 ballots uh, that's going to match up to that because, you know, they they've got ways of making sure it's the same ballot, yada, yada, yada. I just, I mean, I... I worked on card readers back in the day. I right. know that, you know, I, yeah. I know we can do better than what, we can yeah. do, than yeah. what we're doing.
3: But. Yeah, we're always looking at new technology. But you're absolutely right. that Our system and no system that I'm aware of is absolutely fraud proof. Mm-hmm. It is dependent upon having the right people in the job, frankly, and mm-hmm. the right poll workers in the job.
0: All right. Well, what is the difference between a poll worker and a poll manager? And who, then you have poll observers and watchers. Uh, that's and right. That.
3: First... Under Mississippi state law, everybody who is trained as a poll watcher, which is only a two-hour training course, you could walk in off the street and have it. If you're assigned to a poll, you're automatically legally a poll manager. You could run the whole show. We don't do that very often because it takes a lot of time and skill to learn how to manage the operation. That's done legally because if there's a huge accident and traffic is lined up and poll manager and several others don't show, Somebody's got to have the authority to open that poll, even if they may not be perfectly prepared for it. So every poll has poll workers who legally are poll managers, but one person in charge. A poll watcher in Mississippi is somebody who has been authorized by a candidate or by the party in like a general election. They have to present a present proof that they're authorized to watch the poll. Mm-hmm. Poll watcher is basically there to make sure that the candidate or the party is getting a square deal. That's why they're there to see that it's, the elections being run properly. They have as much right to be in that polling place as the poll workers do. They, if they want to walk in at 6 a.m. when we open the door to set up, show their credentials. They got to do that. They can do so. If they want to stay till 8 o'clock when we pack up. They can do so. They don't. They usually stay for 10-15 minutes, but they have the legal right to do so. Uh, they have. A legal right to uh, to observe, be seated close enough to observe and hear election activities, but they can't disrupt anything. They can't campaign, obviously. They can't greet voters. Uh, They can't ask questions. And uh, I've always felt that if they bring something legitimate to our poll workers' attention, we ought to make the correction.
0: Folks, we're talking with Dan Dickerson. He's going to be on the ballot November seventh. He's a incumbent. He's very conscientious. You've heard him explain the process. He's not stuttering and you don't hear any uh, 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 where it's, it's all about him. He truly loves uh, what he's doing. and He understands the importance to our democracy. And I hat tip him for that. Well, thank, thank you. Well, you know, uh, uh, when we talk about this whole process, what I tell you, well, we're going to take a break, but you can be thinking about this here. Poll watchers or whoever, people see things at the polls. Well, <coughs> excuse me. How can that be addressed? Who addresses it? And can I take a a picture of my own ballot when I'm in my little booth? We're going to let you answer that when we come back. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back, and it is Tuesday. Dan Dickinson's in the studios with us. And Dan, I might want to remind you, along with the listeners, you need to check out Tom's Fried Pies in Richland, Mississippi.
3: That sounds fantastic.
0: And when you're going down 49, headed to the coast sometime, they're located south of Kroger's, right across from the Walgreens, on the same side, Tom's Fried Pies, some of the best pies known to mankind. I promise you, uh, the pies are not being overhyped. They really aren't. I get the fruit pies, but they have fruit and meat pies. And I commend them to you highly. If you go in there and there's a gentleman sitting there at the checker table, that's Tom. All right. I'll say hello. He's the checker king. He even beat the strong man. I think with a little flipping of the checkers when I turn my head, I think he's got a little switch under there he hits with his foot. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) we encourage everyone to check out Tom's Fried Pies. Put it on your to-do list. He would be glad to see you. And make sure you heard about it on W.Y.A.B. 103.9 FM. All right, let's get back to Dan Dickerson. Dan asked the question, can I take a picture of my ballot, my ballot? Now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the little little yep. booth my, by myself, yep. and uh, I want to make sure that when I run for mayor, I put Kim Wade so they can't throw my ballot out, because I'm going to say, I know you should have a ballot on there with my signature on it, and I've got a picture of what it looks like.
3: And, Kim, nobody <laughs> has ever asked me those questions before, and I don't know, hmm. but I will try to find out and right. let you know. Yeah.
0: Call the holes, man, or... Yep. Uh, uh, and not Andy, who is that, Michael Watson, and see what they yep. say. But uh, it seemed like it wouldn't be a problem because it's not going to affect the Oh, scanning. I'm not saying that, that it's no, a no. Saying, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from a technical standpoint, yeah. when you run through the scanner, uh, it's not going to, uh, right. unless you put it over the uh, the square yeah. itself. Yep. But uh, that is something that I would would like to know. But folks, remind you that it is $200 for working the polls, and if you want to get on that list, how often are the
3: classes held? Classes are usually held about six weeks before any general or, or election or primary. Uh, basically, you need to have one class per year mm-hmm. to work the polls. Uh, sometimes we'll offer refresher for people that we think are ready to step up to be a poll manager. We have a sort of mini-poll manager kind of university where they, they get more intensive training. Sometimes we give the poll managers together. So you may just take it once a year. Some people might take it twice. I got you.
0: So... When you go to the polls, you get in there and find out, okay, my name's not on the uh, rolls. What do I do? I want to vote, Donner.
3: Well, one thing we, we – <coughs> I did some training one-on-one with somebody today. There are three words you should never hear at a polling place in Madison County or any, you any place. You can't vote. You it, can't vote. If anybody says that – We're going to have a serious discussion. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is you can vote. Even if you're not qualified to vote, you can vote. That doesn't mean the vote's going to be counted, by the way, but you can vote. If your name's not on the poll book, there's a couple of reasons why that could happen. One, you could have moved recently. You should always vote, even if you forgot to change your address, always vote where you reside. And if you haven't changed your address, where you reside, it's not going to be on the poll book, but go ahead and vote what they call an affidavit or a provisional ballot. Okay. They'll give you a ballot, you'll sign it, you, you know, you'll know. you fill it out, put it in the envelope. You personally will put it in the affidavit bag, and you got to make sure you sign it, make sure the poll worker signs it. If either signature is missing, I have to throw it out under state law, and I hate that. And we really stress to our poll workers, make sure that's signed. And then we'll make an evaluation for it. There's other reasons why you might want to have a provisional ballot. Some people forget, fail to bring in voter ID. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they fail to bring in voter ID. They will not be given. They will be given a standard ballot, but it won't be put into the machine. It'll be put into a yellow affidavit envelope, and then you have five days to come to the county clerk, clerk circuit clerk's office with your ballot with your valid ID. If you do, the ballot will be counted. If you don't, then it'll be set aside.
0: So. Is that a uh, envelope type ballot also, or is it just the standard Cause it's how- a standard ballot? It's a
3: standard ballot that goes into the envelope, and then you personally put it into the affidavit bag, which is the top of the affidavit bag. Nobody can get their hands in; it's in no way. And the bottom of that bag is sealed, uh, sealed uh, all day. Okay, sealed when it comes back.
0: Okay, uh, do you have to vote for uh, all races on the ballot? No. Hmm.
3: Whatever choice you want. Now, we do have second-choice voting in Madison County, and I think most places in the state. So if you, you know, cast a vote for governor and don't vote for lieutenant governor and so forth and so on, it'll say, the the, the screen will say, you haven't voted in these races. Do you wish to proceed? If that's what you want, hit the accept button. It'll go in. If you made a mistake and you forgot something, then you'll have a chance to take that ballot back and get it filled in. Um, That's how it works. So what is the
0: difference between a party primary, uh, general, or special election, runoffs? Just help us understand all that.
3: Yeah, it's confusing. First, the election commission runs all the general and special elections. The reason we do that is because that's where people are actually elected. Mm -hmm. A party primary doesn't elect anybody. You may win the primary, and you may even be unopposed but your name is still going to be on the ballot in the general election, and until that happens, you're not going to be certified as the winner. Uh, party primaries are run under Mississippi law by the, by the parties themselves. Uh, the party can contract with us to run some of the election or all the election or none of the election. In the last primary that we had in August, uh, Republicans con- uh, uh, contract with us to run everything except handling the ballots, which we did for them. Democrats were offered exactly the same contract. Uh, They did not want that contract, and that's their right. I'm not faulting Mm. that, criticizing. That's their right. They went ahead and ran their own primary. Mm. Uh, So that's up to, you know, it's a difference. We we run the general election. We're responsible for it. Party primaries, it's either a shared responsibility or they do it themselves. It's up to them.
0: That's interesting. All right, so uh, um, let's see. How secure is this vote in Madison County, or just in general, in your opinion?
3: Very secure, but it's not perfect. No no system is. Mm -hmm. I think we've made a lot of progress. I think our poll workers are very conscious of, of voter security, very committed to it. I can tell you on election day, all the commissioners are in their cars, driving from polling place to polling place, making sure everything is as it should be. I'm not saying that mistakes are not made. They are made. They're made in every institution. We make them, too. But we're out there keeping an eye on. The Secretary of State's office also sends people almost incognito to go out and check to make sure things are done as they should be. And if they're not done as they should be, we're going to get a call. Uh, first election I served, uh, a voter came in and wanted to vote in the Republican primary and was told by the poll worker there were no Republican ballots.
0: Yeah. I well heard
3: yeah, and that's not, that was not true. Now the fact is, there were so <laughs> few Republicans in that, that precinct that she probably didn't even notice that we had been issued 10 ballots, but that's no excuse. Hmm. And we did happily take down the name of the, the, the voter. Uh, that situation was corrected post-haste, and the voter was invited to come back, and she did.
0: Post well, that type of conscientiousness is what you want in an right. election commissioner. We're talking with Dan Dickerson. He's going to be on the ballot November 7th. What we're going to do is take a break, because when we come back, I've got four questions I want you to deal sure, with. Sure. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. we got Dan Dickinson. He's running for re-election. I commend him to you highly on election day, November 7th. You need someone in there with integrity. Folks, I want to ask Dan about voting by mail, early voting, ballot harvesting.
3: All of these things are what are called convenience voting. We're going to make voting more convenient for everybody. And it's kind of like convenient foods. They're convenient, but after a while, you find that they're fattening, and you slow down, and your health isn't so good, Uh, and and, and it's not good for you. And these things aren't good for you either. First, voting by mail. We have a limited voting by mail here in Mississippi for very disabled people. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Just because people can't get out of their house doesn't mean they shouldn't exercise the rights of citizenship. So if you have that sort of a situation, we require medical proof that that's the case. And it actually has to be voted by the election commission. We put it on the agenda and vote it. That's a whole different situation. But when you have voting by mail, you lose a lot of the securities Mm. that we spent 150 years building this country. How do you know the vote is being cast in private and the voter's right of privacy is being respected? How do you know the voter isn't being intimidated how do you know? We we know we we've tried very very hard here in Madison County to clean the election rolls, but there are still many people out there that we have not discovered, that really don't live here, right? May have passed away. They're still out. There are still some out there. When you do a vote by mail and mail a ballot to everybody, right? That's foolishness. Eh? It's crazy. I had a neighbor, and this was before I was serving on the commission. One of the reasons why she voted for me. Uh, they had the, the state the state election board had sent a card before the presidential election in 2020, just to make remind everybody to go out and vote. She got five cards. She got a card for herself and her husband. She got a card for her ex. Uh, her ex-husband, and she got card for two people who'd lived there previously and had passed away in Georgia. Mm. Well, that's five potential votes. Now, a responsible citizen might, if they, they, they would have got the ballots just as they got the card. A responsible citizen might call up the election committee and say, hey, we got a problem here. I'm sure some people would do that. Some people would, might throw the extras in the trash. Little problem there. And there's always a possibility some people might try to vote <clears> them. <throat> some people might, might try to sell them. It's, it's, you lose the security. You know, after the 20, uh, 2000 election, there was a national commission headed by President Carter and uh, James Baker. And among the things they said is don't ever go for vote by mail. You'll lose the security of the elections. It's a bad idea. Early voting is another thing that sounds good, but it's a bad idea. What happens in early voting is you vote maybe six weeks or eight weeks before or, or a month, two months before the election Before the arguments and the information are really out, you're basically encouraging people to vote before they've had a real chance to evaluate the candidates and their qualifications. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help our democracy either. Then there's something called ranked choice voting. Boy, this... In ranked choice voting, the winner doesn't necessarily win because you get to vote for the person you'd most like and the person you'd second most like and the person you third most like and then they put a computer on it, and they calculate it, and they say, well, that person that got the most votes, that's not really the person that won, because they didn't get the number highest number of second votes. And so we've had elections, the, the, the Sarah Palin race, for example, right. in Alaska. Sarah Palin got the most votes in the primary. She got the most votes in the general general election. But because of ranked choice voting, they said, oh, no, you didn't win. How do you win the primary and win the general election, get the most votes, and, and not be seated?
0: Well, and that's something that, again, goes back to those logarithms using software. A yeah. vote is a vote. There's a vote is a vote. No machine, no system that we accept should right. do any type of partial voting, anything like that. Anything
3: that's not 100% one vote is not acceptable. I couldn't agree with you more. The worst one is ballot harvesting. Mm-hmm. In ballot harvesting, the parties or interested organizations, NGOs, richly funded, go out and find voters and they actually pay people by the number of votes that they bring in. Mm-hmm. So let's say they go into a homeless camp, and there are people in very, suffering in various ways. And they say, and they've been hired by candidate Slobotnik. Candidate Slobotnik is running against candidate Polson, And they've been hired by Slobotnik. They're going to get X number of dollars by by getting votes from these people. So they go up to one homeless, homeless person, they say, you know, Sobotniks are right, but I really think Pat Paulson's a better choice. Do mm-hmm. you think they're bringing Paulson's vote back? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right. Not, uh, not good. Something I, I'm very passionate about, anybody of my age would probably feel the same way, and young people should too, too. I love Election Day. Mm-hmm. Not just because everybody's had a chance to evaluate the candidates, that's good. Not just because it's kind of exciting. But because it brings the whole country together, or it should if it's run property. Mm-hmm. It's a force for unity in our country, which is deeply divided. Because neighbors see their neighbors participating in the process. They talk to their neighbors who are poll managers, and nobody's going to tell their, them that, that these people are corrupt, that they're, they're doing a bad okay. job. They see that everybody's allowed to vote in privacy, that nobody's intimidating the vote. They see that the process is clean. It pulls the country together. That's right. And that's what we want.
0: I remember election day. Yeah. Uh, the little store across the street from the school. Bruce Hayes, a Korean veteran, got his leg shot off in the war. Yeah. Every election day, he'd stand right out there on the corner oh, yeah. and throw out big boxes of Super Bubble. It's election day. It's election day. Everybody go vote. I mean, that's indelible in my mind. Yes. And kids would scatter and, you know, just. It was election day,
3: and it, it, it makes you proud to be an American. It really I, you know, the last election, in two thousand twenty. Of course, it went off in a, in a different direction, but I was running for election that day. I was on the ballot, mm-hmm. uh, and and one of the precincts that I that I used to have was Lake Caroline. Mm-hmm. There was a line over a mile long at Lake Caroline, mm-hmm. and that's in part because we had not quickened up the system like we have now. But those people. They stood there for they stood there for two and a half, in some cases, three hours. It was that important to them. Right. That's a great thing.
0: And this whole notion that we've got to get people a month out to uh-huh. to get all this stuff together, nah, 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 no, nah, no, no, it's no. Just, no, 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 no. It's too open for fraud. But in addition, uh, Election Day, is that's what the Constitution requires, all this fudging yes. and uh, yeah. partial, what do you call it, ranked choice voting, ranked all choice. that stuff. Uh, I don't know why the legislatures would allow something like that to get into the mix. Yeah.
3: Well, we, our legislature is <laughs> actually— Well, not ours a, yeah, but— Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually banned ballot harvesting last year, and this is getting into the weeds, but we also passed a law for election audits. This is something we need. You know, I can tell you how great the Madison County election was, but frankly, that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. Until you actually have audits to match up the ballots, to the, the, the flash drive, to make sure the people were trained, to make sure that the law was complied, compliant, you're, you're kind of guessing. So So I think the audits will help. And that's gone into effect already? It will be in effect for the presidential election. Oh, okay. I was hoping for David Ellsman.
0: Well, look, we've been talking with Dan Dickerson, District 4. He's running for re-election. I commend him to you highly. You heard him here explaining the process. Uh, Again, he sounds like a man of integrity. Seriously concerned about what made America great, which is the vote and the right to vote. Hat tip to you, brother.
3: Hey, thank you. Thank you, Kim. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Folks, I would appreciate your vote on November 7th. Social media? Pardon? Do you have a social media? Social media, yes. Dan Dickinson on elections. Uh, Just go to that site on Facebook and you'll find out all about the campaign. Uh, Remember, when elections are courteous and professional, accurate and fair, it's you, the voters, that are the winners. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you.